May God help us to wake up to the true facts of following Jesus Christ. That following Christ is not easy. It's not a life of ease. It is very hard to live for Jesus Christ, especially in this century. Why? Because there's so many toys, so many distractions. It will keep you from the truth of God. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. As we resume our focus on biblical discipleship, Roll will encourage us to lay aside everything else to follow Christ in true dedication. The world is full of distractions, but you'll see today that following Jesus means keeping your eyes fixed on Him as you walk in step with His will. Rawl will expound our passage in Luke chapter 9 and will help us see how to avoid choices that lead us away from Christ and the path of obedience. Let's listen as Rawl Reese begins. One of the most beautiful things is that Jesus here is on his way to Jerusalem and his disciples are with him. And what he's going to do, he's going to be asking some very important things to his disciples. But let me give you a preview in chapter 9, just going a little bit higher to verse 51. He says, Now it came to pass when the time had come for Jesus to be received up, speaking of going to glory, that he steadily fast set his face to go to Jerusalem and send messengers before his face as they went. They entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set forward on a journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? But the Lord said and turned and rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. So what he's doing here, he's talking about, first of all, the Samaritans. He's on his way through Samaria. The Samaritans were half-breeds. Back in 722, when Israel had gone back in Jerusalem, the Assyrians came and they invaded the northern kingdom of Israel. And the northern kingdom of Israel, as they were invaded, they were taken prisoners and hostages. What happened after the judgment of God? The Samaritans came as the Assyrians intermarried with the Jews. They became half-breeds called Samaritans. And the Samaritans hate the Jews, even to the present time. For years and years, we went through Samaria in Israel. Just in the last 15 years, we haven't been able to go through Samaria. The last time, they threw rocks at the bus. To try to break the windows. And at the same time, think how Jesus must have felt when he was there in Samaria, going to Jerusalem, and he was not welcomed by the Samaritans. No wonder James and John wanted to bring fire down from heaven 
And the Lord kind of slowed them down a little bit. And now what he's going to do, he's going to enter into an area how people not only reject him, but they make excuses from following Jesus Christ. Listen to what Jesus says in chapter 9 of the Gospel of Luke, beginning in verse 57, as he's now going to speak about following him. He says, Now it came to pass, as they journeyed onto the road, that some said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And then Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Then Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And then another one also said, Lord, I will follow you. But let me first go and bid them farewell who are in my house. But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand into the plow, looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Whoa. That's pretty heavy what he's saying here. I think that as believers we need to understand that the key word that he uses here is to follow. To follow him. And yet these two men that are here out of the tree, are professing their desire to follow Christ, but they all have an excuse why they can't follow Jesus. Remember what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount? In chapter 7 on the Sermon on the Mount, he said, first of all, that the way to heaven is very, very narrow and very straight. And he said that there are only few people that will ever be able to walk that straight line that is very narrow and very straight to go through the kingdom of God. Few. But, he said this, the way to hell, he says, the way to destruction is very broad and many, many are going there. Many. More than the few. And then he goes on to talk about false teachers and false prophets. And then in verse 21 to 23, he says, Many will come on that day and say, Lord, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and did miracles and wonders in your name? And Jesus Christ will say to the many, Even though you said you knew me, I never knew you. Depart from me, you servant of iniquity. The problem was sin. Sin separates us from following Jesus Christ. Very important to understand this. Because people are so lax today in the church. Not only this church, in every church. Remember what he said to the church of Ephesus? He says, man, you're doing such great works. You're active. But yet there is one little thing that is wrong with you. You've left your first love. You're not in love with me. I'm not number one priority in your life. And Jesus said to that church, repent and return and do your first works. If you don't, I will come and I will remove my presence and go somewhere else and work. That's what he said. And I think how Jesus must feel today with his church. 
with his church, where there are very few that are fully, completely committed to him. Because our lives are so busy doing the non-essentials, things that are not worthy of doing, things that are going to burn in the fire, which the most important thing is to seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. That's what the Bible teaches. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. And we need to understand that the word of God has been given to us, just like Jesus coming to Samaria, being rejected. And then these three fellows that they were down, going down the street, and they come up to Jesus, and they begin to make excuses why they're not following the Lord Jesus Christ. What's your excuse? What is your excuse from a full commitment of obedience to Jesus Christ and to his word? So when Jesus begins to speak out in this lesson this morning, he has three people that he has to deal with, and he's allowing them to answer for themselves as they're coming to Jesus. Look at the first one. Verse 57 and 58. The first thing, the danger of seeking personal ease and comfort. Did you know that the problem with a lot of people is comfort? They don't want to get out of their comfort zone. They're kicking back. They don't really want to take any ventures of faith. I'm very comfortable right where I am. Don't bug me. I don't want to move. Listen to what he says, verse 57. And now it came to pass that they journeyed, Jesus and his disciples, they journeyed on the road that someone, a scribe, said to him, Lord, notice what he says, Lord, curious. I will follow you wherever you go. How many times you've heard that from people? I will go wherever you want me to go, God. But when the Lord begins to give you the details and gives you an order to use your life, what happens? We start making excuses. Why we can't go? Well, I'm married. I have children. I have a job. I have this. I have that. And yet what the Lord wants you to do is to respond in obedience to Him. Why? Because He's the one that's going to lead. He's the one that's going to provide. He's the one that is going to reward. But when a person like this person here is in danger because he's seeking personal ease and comfort, then he's in really big trouble in his own personal life. Because he is the one that stepped up and told Jesus, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. The key word in this chapter here, in these verses, is to follow. To pursue after Jesus. Lord, I will pursue after you wherever you go. And he stops there. And then the Lord comes back. Listen to what he says. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to even lay his head. He says, I'm homeless. You want to follow me? Come and see where I live. Come and see what I do. When he said that, this person was nowhere to be found. He was gone. He could not count the cost of following Jesus Christ. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. It's our joy to help you ground your life in God's Word and strengthen your relationship with Christ. 
Call 800-634-9165 or visit somebodylovesyou.com for Bible-based resources. To keep the Bible at your fingertips, download our free app. Let's rejoin Roll now for the final part of our lesson, Making Excuses to Follow Christ. It's never what I get, but it's what I give to God that counts. It's not getting, it's giving to God. That's what God wants in our lives. He wants you to give yourself to Him fully, completely. Remember in Romans chapter 12, Therefore I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, which is God's perfect will for you. That's what God desires. He doesn't want dead sacrifices like in the Old Testament where you kill the lamb, the turtle dove, or the pigeon. In the New Testament, because the law has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ, he's asking for alive sacrifices, not dead sacrifices. That's why even Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 He says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Why? And then he says, don't you know that you are the temple of the living God and where God dwells, where God lives? And if any man defile the temple of God, your body shall be what? Destroyed. Shall be judged. Think of how many people like this young man here coming to Jesus, having a comfortable life are not fully committed to the truth of Jesus Christ, and they're on their way out. Sometimes people get secure by being in a building, by being in a church. Because your conscience bugs you the whole week, so I think I'll go to church this Sunday morning. But if it's not really in your heart, and there's no conviction in your heart, then you're really not going to be helped by the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit truly speaks and brings conviction, then you need to deal with your conviction and do something about it. Either reject it or do something about it through obedience and get rid of the sin. And do what God says in your life. Otherwise, how can you continue to pursue and to seek Him? When he's calling out to each one of us individually, and yet here we see the presence of this young man coming up and saying, Lord, I will follow you wherever, wherever you go. Notice that. He was eager to follow as so many people are eager. But his commitment was shallow. Very, very shallow. I wonder if you're here today. I wonder if they're listening to the radio. I wonder if they're watching through the internet, these kind of people. It's important that you don't look at your relationship with God as a religion. It's a love relationship. And when you love someone, you go out of your way to do anything for them. Yet, this person here was not a believer. He says, Lord, but he's not a believer. And he's not willing... To really truly follow Jesus Christ. It's only words that he's speaking. Because of his comfort that he has in his own personal life. And then the Lord says to him. You want to follow me? Come and see where I sleep. Come and see where I eat. Come and see where I bathe. Come and see everything that I do in my life. I have no place to even lay my head. That was the life of Jesus Christ. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. 
Setting an example for people in the ministry today. Look at the second person. Interesting. Verse 59 to 60. This is a person, and get this, that is in danger of procrastination. And it's important that we understand because there are people that are procrastinators and they never, ever, ever get up to do that. And when they get up to do it, it's too late. Opportunity has passed you by. Here Jesus is going to ask to follow. Look what he says, verse 59. And then Jesus said to another person, another scribe, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first, note the priority, let me first go and bury my father. You know what's amazing about that in the east? When you go to the east, when somebody dies, they bury them the same day. Not a week from now, two weeks from now. They don't put them in coolers. You know, they don't do that. They bury them immediately. And what's interesting here is his father was not dead yet. So what he's saying, well, it may be five years, it may be 10 years, it may be 20 years, and when he dies, I'll come and follow you. That's procrastination procrastinating to the call of God that he's calling you to come and follow him. And what's really amazing about this second person here, the Lord is the one that is making the request, follow me. Remember in uh, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, he says, if any man wants to come after me, let him or her deny himself, forget about yourself, and follow me. Follow me. That's the key word in these verses. Follow me. And then why is it that so many people make excuses and they procrastinate? They procrastinate in following Jesus Christ. May God help us today to be aware of this. May God help us to wake up to the true facts of following Jesus Christ. That following Christ is not easy. It's not a life of ease. It is very hard to live for Jesus Christ, especially in the 21st century. Especially in this century. Why? Because there's so many toys, so many distractions that will keep you from the truth of God. And yet one thing no one can escape here, including myself, we're all going to die one day. And then judgment day will come. And it's really always important for me to understand what will be my last words and what will be my last actions before I die. And if the Lord comes at the rapture, we're not going to have any time at all because the moment the trumpet sounds, we're going to be taken to heaven and we're going to be with the Lord for the next seven years while all hell breaks loose upon this world. And think of all the people that procrastinated that will be left behind because they never truly live for Christ. It's important that we get our priorities right before God. Quit procrastinating. Do what God calls you to do. Listen to the answer of Jesus in verse 60. And then Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Notice the priority. The order is go, preach. Give the gospel of the kingdom to people. 
I wonder, we're not saved by works, but I wonder how many of us here, when is the last time you witnessed to somebody, and when is the last time you want somebody to the Lord? Or maybe you've never won anybody to the Lord. We need to be sharing our faith with people. And the greatest way to share your faith is when you're living not for Christ, don't share your faith. Because they'll call you a hypocrite. But the best way to share with people about Jesus Christ is live the life and allow people to see your life in practice. That's the best way to do it. And then you don't have to go to them. They'll come to you. And they'll ask you, what's the difference between that person and you that I see? And then you can share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. The third one has a divided heart. A divided heart. Man, those are hard people. One heart in the world, part of the heart, half of the heart over here, half of the heart over here. They're split between two opinions. Listen to what he says, verse 61. He says, another also said to him, Lord. Everyone uses the word Lord, curious. Lord, I will follow you, but let me first, here comes his excuse, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are in my house. Let me go home and say goodbye to everybody before I'll follow you. That's a divided heart. He said, seek ye first who? The kingdom of God. And I think that when you look at this type of person, here is one more person making excuses why he cannot follow Jesus Christ. His family is more important than Jesus. And there are people in the church like that. You put your family, you put your job, you put everything else before the Lord. So what happens? You get yourself isolated instead of the close to the heart of God. You have a divided heart. Before the Lord. Your heart is divided right down the center. And God cannot have a divided heart. He has to have your whole heart. Otherwise you can't serve Him. And you can't love Him. Very important. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to review the lesson you've heard today, call us at 800-634-9165 and ask for the teaching titled, Making Excuses to Follow Christ. We'll send a copy to you for a gift of $5 or more. When life gets busy, it's easy to backburner your relationship with Christ, only sporadically giving Him your time and attention. But as you ponder the consistent commitment Jesus desires from His followers, we'd like to offer you the entire series we're currently airing. Rawls 12 Lesson Discipleship Study is available on either CD or an MP3 thumb drive. Exploring the devoted life of service and surrender that Jesus has called us to, you'll be challenged to reorder your priorities with a more heavenly mindset. To purchase Roll's 12-Lesson Discipleship Series, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send you the USB thumb drive for $18 or the CD collection for $23. Our phone number once again is 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, Post Office Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. 
We hope you'll take advantage of all of our free resources as well. Join Rawl on his YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. West Coast time. His Straight Talk program ponders Scripture's instructions for a Christ-centered life, and you won't want to miss out on it. For more of Rawl's teaching, browse iTunes or Spotify to download podcasts of any of these programs. You can also send a personal Bible question or prayer request to Rawl at pastorrawl at somebodylovesyou.com. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your tax-deductible donations are a great blessing as we share the truth of Scripture. Thanks for partnering with us. And thanks for making us a part of your day. We love studying the Bible with you, and we invite you to join us again next time for more verse-by-verse study of God's Word. Here's Roll now once again with a closing thought. And I think that when you look at the church today, and you look at their commitment to Jesus Christ, there are not just a few. I think there are so many that their hearts have been divided for so many years that God can use your life the way He intended to use your life. And when you get old, you're going to look back and you're going to look at missed opportunities. Missed opportunities. Hey, go to a rest home and listen to those old people All they talk about is missed opportunities. I wish I would have. I wish I would have. I wish I would have. But I didn't. Too late. You don't want to be that type of a person. You want to make sure, man, you're being obedient to what God's word says in your hearts. Listen to the answer of Jesus. Verse 62. But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow... And looking back is worthy or fit for the kingdom of God. Whoa. No one like that is fit for the kingdom of God. God doesn't want people like that in his kingdom. He wants people that are willing to say, yes, Lord, I will go. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.